Hi, fam. I'm Katie. And this is Ginny. And we are the Gabby Girls. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Gabby Girls. We are coming at you on a Wednesday. Happy Friday, Ginny. Hey, Kate. Happy Friday and happy Wednesday to our listeners. I really like this new release day. Me too. I I hope you guys do too. I think it's better because Mondays are just overwhelming and maybe you forget to listen or maybe it kind of gets pushed down your stack of podcasts that you listen to. And so we're hoping Wednesday spices it up a little bit. Right. Like I like when a podcast comes out on Wednesdays. So I like that ours comes out on Wednesdays. Me too, because I have a podcast that comes out on Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And so I was Mm. looking for a Wednesday, Thursday spot. So this fills that Wednesday spot. Perfect. (laughs) That is perfect. How are you? I'm very stressed. I'm a very stressed girly. I am like 14 days out from my event and it's just really starting to get crazy with last minute details and changes and, um, you know hiccups and so it's just managing a lot and rolling with the punches so very excited for this event to be over to be honest with you I really need a vacation and I need some time off (laughs) are you gonna take some time off after yeah I have so much PTO and my company only lets you roll over a certain amount into the new year so I have to take it and so I think I'm gonna take like three weeks in between like Christmas and Thanksgiving it's gonna be really nice that's amazing. What are you going to do? I don't know. Maybe double episodes for the holiday season. It's our Ooh. gift. <laughs> our gift we to the community. We are the gift? <laughs> really giving back this year? Yeah, we are the gift. <laughs> Name the episode that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. So I have a question for you about the event. Do you, when you, you get to go to the event, obviously. Mm-hmm. Do you enjoy it or are you just like a ball of stress because you're making sure everything goes properly? No, I really enjoy it. I'm I'm smiling the whole time because I'm so forward facing. You have to look like you are. Have you ever heard the analogy of um, the hospitality industry? It's a swan. The the head and the body is what the people see, but the, the feet are what's working underneath to get the swan, to keep the swan mm. moving. That's like how I envision myself all throughout the event weekend. Is I am outward facing perfection. Everything is great. Welcome. Oh my goodness, so excited to be with you. And inside, I am like, text this, do this, food and beverage now, fire this, go to load in. You've got this. You have to go get these stickers. Where is this? Who's you know? It's like running my checklist just of constant needs and to dos. Okay, so that was the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Not mm-hmm. are you going to outwardly enjoy this, but on the inside, how will you feel? You're going to be stressed, but it, but it will be amazing to like see it all come together. Well, and once you hit a certain point in the event, basically once you get like about like an hour and a half in, once like registration and check-in is done and everything is like flowing and entertainment is going, there's, you just have to release it. Cause at that point, everyone's doing what they're supposed to be doing. You can't make any other changes barring an emergency happens. Like this is it. So if it sucks, you get to deal with that tomorrow and hopefully it's really good, you know? <laughs> right like what's done is done right like there's some really dope moments where I just I know I'm gonna be standing there in a corner and just like looking at all my people and just everyone happy and smiling and dancing and I'm just gonna be like okay this is what it was all for you know this moment yeah yeah that's beautiful thanks yeah it's just it's a really I I think I'm a creative person but I'm not like artistic creative like I'm not good at painting or drawing or anything like that but I think my creativity really comes out in things like this where I can conceptualize an event from start to finish and like, you know, just 
see it and plan it and and make it come to fruition right yeah your event last year i like loved all the content that you shared from it It was like pictures and maybe a couple videos it looked like a magical time so i can't imagine what it feels like to do all the work to create something like that and then get to see it yeah and just like the little special surprises and stuff like that like i love just like and i've the way i do easter eggs in my marketing so i haven't announced a theme but i've made all of my marketing throughout the year for the theme and so i just like to like i don't know tease it and it's just it's really exciting to have those like little sparks of magic come out in the middle of the event and people are just shocked very cool do you have your outfit No, I need to plan that this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) That's how stressed I've been. Usually I'm like so ahead of the game. And I, I literally, I told everyone on email, I said, I'm not working this weekend. If something comes in, I will handle it on Monday. I need 48 hours of pause to just center myself and like, give to myself a little bit because she needs it right she needs a few hours i'm getting 30 units of botox in my jaw tomorrow because my whole head is sore from clenching my teeth so bad oh my god well hopefully that kicks in soon oh wait i wanted to tell you i talked to my botox lady about the zinc thing and she told me she was like take it before okay and take it after. She was like, I would, I recommend like being on a regimen and taking it like a couple days before and then a couple days after. And if you want to keep taking it, you can, mm-hmm. but it's really those initial days that count because it helps the medicine bind to you. Interesting. Okay. Super cool. Thank yeah. You. I'm so glad you asked her. Yeah. I was like, in, I was interested. I'm like, you know, you can read about it, but I wanted to know. I'm like, give me the tea. I think, uh, I think I might take zinc. Have you ever heard of care of? Yeah. I actually did care of for a little bit where they send you like the package of vitamins. Yeah. I've, I've been doing it for probably a year. This is not sponsored. We wish. Um, <laughs> one day. Um, yeah. But I feel like it's really, I don't know. I noticed a difference, especially with magnesium and my muscles cramping. That is some, like, that's one vitamin that I can totally testify to that it changes when you take it and when you don't. Oh, for sure. I take magnesium and I also take um, B12 and vitamin D and I take those two together because I bruise like a peach. Oh. And if you take those, it like stops that. Mm. Like I was looking like I was beat up for a while. And then Deb actually did some research and she was like, these are what you need to take. So I started taking it and I just, I don't look like that anymore. Wait, have you heard that there is like so much to do with, so when you eat and take vitamins and stuff like that, absorption of those minerals is so layered and you need to eat certain foods with certain foods in order to get the full benefits of the food. Did you know this? Oh yeah. Like it's like, if you take an edible, you need to have some fat in your stomach to make it absorb faster. Whereas like alcohol, you know, if you have an empty stomach and you drink it, see ya. (laughs) Yeah. I can't remember what mineral it was. I think it was like maybe zinc or magnesium and it's recommended that you take it with vitamin c because there again the Mm -hmm. molecules bond better together and so you can absorb the vitamin c which i guess you tend to just kind of pee out vitamin c it's not like a vitamin that's stored in your body i suppose right yeah i have a like pee out the extras yeah i have a funny story about the medical thing for a second so um i went and got my medical card Woohoo! um oh you were approved i was approved ron DeSantis approved me just kidding he didn't hell yeah um (laughs) personally but his name was all over the emails i can tell you that um and i had to go see a doctor to get this prescription and the doctor was telling me the best way to absorb THC when you're eating edibles. He was very passionate about cannabis. Like you could just tell that this was his 
um, one of his favorite things. Um, and he was saying that when you, you should have, uh, you should eat edible chocolate and then you should melt it in your mouth and swish it around so that the THC can be, um, absorbed through your mucous membranes instead of going straight to your stomach. Wow. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Makes so much sense. Like when you do a tincture or whatever, you're supposed to put it under your tongue and like let it absorb. So that makes sense that you would Mm -hmm. do that with a chocolate, which I never, I don't know why I never have thought about that. It's because they usually taste like gross and you just want to yeah, swallow you're like, it. Let me just get it down. Get it down. <laughs> I sometimes don't even chew the gummy. Sometimes I just swallow them because I'm just like, like I knock them back. I know me too. Because they just have that bad aftertaste and they're just not. No. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total sense. And. Oh, never mind. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is mush. So, okay. You're doing great. <laughs> doing so, so have you gone to the store yet? No. And. Um, they have drive throughs here, which insane. Mm-hmm. And then apparently all of the dispensaries do a 60% discount for your first time going there. And so the doctor said that him and his wife got $1,000 worth of weed for like 350 bucks. And he was very, very hype about that. Wow. So he's like telling you, he's giving you recommendations. Oh, yes. And like to what dispensary has the, the highest THC and this and that. And I just was like, okay. So do you have to have... Okay, so when I had my license, you had to have somebody else's name on your card as like your caregiver. That's what it was called, caregiver. Do you have to do that? I don't think so. Did you have to do that? No. Yeah. Oh my god, mine was Vicky. <laughs> it literally was Victoria Pena. Was her name was on my medical license, and then when she went to get a medical license, they were like, "You're a caregiver, so you're gonna have to give that up." <laughs> And then I didn't renew mine so she could get hers. Oh my gosh, wait, that's crazy. Yeah. Why? I know, it was wild. That's like a better database than everything. I know, yeah. But they were like, you have to have someone, basically it's like your babysitter. Like who's going to make sure, yeah, yeah, who's going to make sure that you're doing this responsibly? And I'm like, oh, well, who else would do it? (laughs) No, the doctor did ask me like how I smoke. He was giving me recommendations. He told me to keep a bong in the refrigerator so it didn't get moldy. I was like, this is a lot of information. Wait, speaking of bongs, I did this science experiment on my own last year. Cool. Maybe two years ago. (laughs) But I was like, I propagated all these succulents. And so if you don't know what that means, basically I took leaves from succulents and I put them in soil to grow new succulents. And I only fed them bong water. But then I had a separate pot that I fed like regular water and plant food every now and again. And the ones that I fed bong water only were significantly bigger, more colorful, pretty wild. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was pretty cool. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is good for everybody. What do you think this means? Like, I don't know. It helps you grow. It helps your mind grow for me. And I'm like, it makes sense that a plant would do better if it was high. Yeah. Well, you've seen the studies, I'm sure, where if you talk to plants nicely, then they, they thrive. And then if you're mean to your plants, they will truly wither and die. Oh, yeah. I talked to my, I named all my plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was cool. Cause you know, like when you use your bong, a lot of people let their bong water sit. So for me, this was like, just dump it out. Feed your plant. That's actually a good idea. Wow, that's a good marketing campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Some good incentive. (laughs) 
<laughs> keep that shit fresh. Literally. <laughs> um, how was your week? How was everything? Oh, my week was good. I'm trying to think, like, what did I do? I feel like I did so much this week, but also not that much. Mm-hmm. I painted a lot this week. I had, so my neighbor just turned 14. She's like my little honorary sister. Um, and so we celebrated her birthday this week. It was like a big outing. We went to dinner in Hanover. And then tonight she had her like homecoming dance. I don't know if that's what it's called, come to think of it. But she had a dance tonight. So I just did her makeup and hair right before we got on this podcast. That's so and Those nice. were the highlights of my week. She's lucky to have you. Yeah, she, you know what? She is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm lucky to have her. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was it was cool. That's really good. Um, so one topic that we want to talk about today is cheating. And Ooh. I feel like most everyone can relate to this topic. Um, if you've never been cheated on, you're very lucky. <laughs> it's very seriously. Um, yeah. Do you want to start us off or do you want me to start off? Um, do you want me to just tell like my experience? Yeah. Okay, so I've only been cheated on by one person Mm -hmm. that I know of, but by one person. And it was like multiple times. And it, it was, it's heartbreaking. I mean, it's like a a level of betrayal that you didn't know existed until it happens. Mm -hmm. And I was really young when it happened. So, uh, I mean, with therapy and all that, I've been able to not let it affect my current relationships, but for a really long time, it affected like everything mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. Um, just because it's like, I don't know. It breaks this like deeper level of trust. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I have, I've been in like probably six significant relationships in my life spanning from high school to now. And I just did the math and four of them cheated on me. And most of them like habitually cheating like not just like a one and done like other relationships lying on me you know multiple partners kind of stuff so i feel like i've had a lot a lot of experience with cheating unfortunately um and it happened to me at like a pretty young age probably like 15 um yeah very traumatic it's just sucky my (laughs) the worst time so i was in a relationship all throughout college on and off for four years he was very narcissistic Mm -hmm. very toxic really gave me the bulk of my trauma um thank you for that um (laughs) my sophomore year i was over at his dorm and i found a girl's earring in his bed and i was like why is there another girl's earring in your bed and he tried to lie and say that someone had did his laundry for him. And I said, I don't really understand how someone else doing your laundry would lead to their earring in your bed. And so I left, you know, he comes and he follows me, runs down the stairs, grabs me, brings me back into his apartment, you know, sits me down and says, you're right. I did cheat. I had always knew that he was interested in this girl and I knew that she was interested in him. They both were kind of open about their intrigue of each other. And so I had already kind of been on like alert of her. Um, And then he just basically confirmed all of my worst fears. And it was really, really, really traumatic. (laughs) Like that hurts even worse when you've been suspecting something and they're denying it. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, 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 you have nothing to worry about. And then 
Like you were right. Yeah. Like he was literally gaslighting you. Hundred percent gaslighting me. He had like he was like she was like his girlfriend. Like she thought that he was like gonna like break up with me and be with her and just so crazy when I really thought this man loved me and I was like very infatuated by him and he was like very popular on campus and I was very I don't know enthralled with his status quote unquote um and I just was so shook I was just so mad yeah you were also I don't want to downplay this. I don't want you to downplay it. You were also like madly in love with him. Yeah, deeply. It wasn't that you were just like enthralled with his status. You really had a lot of deep feelings for him. Yeah. So and he he jerked you around. And there's nothing like there's just nothing worse than like wh- why are you lying? You know, once you're caught, like why are you continuing to lie? Mm-hmm. Like we're already there. This is your chance. One well, why why are you why are you sleeping with someone else if you care about me? Yeah. Like, like, why are you, why wouldn't you just break up with me? Right. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Well, and now that I found out and I'm calling you on it, why are you lying to try to keep me? You obviously don't want me. You don't want me enough to, to stick with the rules that we set in place. So fuck around and find out. And, um, and honestly, did you watch the last episode of the Kardashians? The one the other day? No, I haven't been keeping up. Chloe was talking about candidly. She finally was being real. And she was talking about how she's done with Tristan because, all men say that she's the best woman they've ever been with, but they've never treated her like the best woman ever from the jump. It's only after they right. fucked her over and lost her. And then they're trying to get her back and they're like, Oh, now I'm really missing something big. And mm-hmm. I feel like that was always me. I feel like, I don't know why I think I give off like wifey vibes. I think I always have. <laughs> and even in high school, guys used to always say like, you're not the girl we date where you're the girl we marry. So you know, we're not going to be with you or you're not this, this point in our life because you're just not like a, I don't know, fuck around girl. Um, and then I related a lot with Chloe with like that whole relationship I was just referring to with just, he didn't care about me quote unquote until he lost me. And then it was always like, uh, a cat and mouse game. Like I would try to get away. He'd bring me back. We'd, he'd fuck up again. I'd try to go away. He would always bring me back. Like he always sucked me back in. Yeah. Because he was manipulative. Super. And that's like, you know, I hear people who have never been in a manipulative relationship talk, like judging people. Like, why do they keep going back? Like, you don't know until you're there. It's not black and white. Like, there's a lot of feelings involved. And people who are like that, they know how to get under your skin and how to get you back. And it's just, like, it's really dangerous. Mm -hmm. And And it's like, we shouldn't be blaming people who are, you know, going back to these situations. It's not, it's not as simple as people think it is. Or think we're above the powers of a narcissist. If, if they want you, they truly will. They're going to get you. They will truly stop at nothing to get you. Showing up, love bombing, acting like the person that you want them to, you know, saying the perfect things. And then the minute they have you, they are tired of you and they want someone else. Right. It's crazy. They can literally do whatever they want. And I also think a lot of people say things like, if you cheat, I'm leaving. That's it. Until you're in that position. And then you're like, well, maybe I can, I can forgive you or we can move on. And to be honest, most times it's not, it doesn't work out. It's Mm -hmm. not forgivable. 
Um, but it's, again, it's not as easy as just saying like, if you cheat, it's over. Right. Some people are so holy and high and mighty in that regard of saying things like that and judging people. And it's like, shut the fuck up. Well, and you know, it's like what everyone says, like, it's not like someone, it's not like a narcissist comes right out and tries to isolate you away from your family. The first date, like they move in slowly. It was, this was like a four year process of toxicity. It was not from the first time I met him. He was controlling and manipulative. He was perfect. He was amazing. He was a gentleman. He was caring. You know, he was like, he loved his mom. Like he, he loved me. He Mm -hmm. said I was his number one. He said he wanted to marry me. He was talking about children with me, you know, like he was saying, he's ticking all the boxes and saying all the right things to get you in the door. And then as you're kind of looking around his room that he's like painting for you, he's slowly closing the door and turning the lock. And then you turn around and you're like, Oh, I can't leave because then you're in a committed relationship. You feel like you've given up time and energy. Maybe he sucked you in and you feel like you can fix him. That was certainly the case for me is I, I was always a fixer. I thought I could fix men. I thought I could fix people. And And feeling like you can fix people is addicting. Mm -hmm. Because you think it's only you. Mm -hmm. You think something about you is what's going to make them change. And it never works. Because the only way for someone to change is when they're ready to change. And Mm -hmm. it's not from an external source. No. No. And that's the hard lessons. Yeah. And, um, do you think like once a cheater, always a cheater? Do you think that is a thing? No, I think there are people who are habitual cheaters who once a cheater, always a cheater. And I think if they display kind of blatant disrespect of women frequently degrading women frequently, I think you, I think you can tell someone's, I think you, I think you can see the red flags before you get in a relationship with someone like that. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like, you you know, those guys that only respect the women that they're attracted to, like you don't respect women. Or how about the guys that don't even acknowledge women? Like I have men in my life who have known me for multiple years now who still don't act like they know me when they see me out in like group settings. It's like weird. It's so weird. It's like, I don't know if it's trying to be like passive aggressive, but you just look like a loser. You are a loser, (laughs) actually. (laughs) You are a loser. You don't look like one. You are one. I mean, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like what? Where's your human decency? Hey, how are you? It's really not hard to do. Or just be normal. Like just be like, hey, how are you today? And then forget the answer that I give you and just don't talk to me for the rest of the night. You don't have to actually care, but like you can acknowledge people you know. It's weird not to. Yeah, it's weird not to. Um yeah. And then I think, you know, there's obviously those instances of cheating where like David Beckham, for instance, he maybe cheated a couple of times, but in a short situational, yeah, situational, stressful, obviously age comes into that maturity level of the relationship, the amount of like kids or financial problems that you have. I feel like everything is so situational. And so I, right. I don't know what I would do if I was cheated on in this current relationship. I hope that I'm not, but when, if if it does happen, like it's not going to be a black or white answer, just like you said. Right. Yeah. I, um, it's so weird growing up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, like when I was younger and that happened to me in high school, I also didn't believe it at first because I was so confident in my person. And 
Like I would have gone to bat that that didn't happen. I did a couple mm-hmm. times with a couple people. And then um, turns out it was true. And that was just like so devastating. And I remember at the time just feeling like, wow, I straight up, because I didn't like myself at this time. I had, I was having troubles with my parents. I had, you know, I just, I didn't feel like I fit anywhere mm-hmm. except I felt like this person was the only one that got me. So when it happened, it was like, whoa. Like, I really don't have anybody. Like, you really only have yourself. And I didn't even feel like I had myself at that point. Yeah. And then, and I I thought that I would never get over that. And then with a lot of therapy and stuff, you know, I look back and it's like, we were really young and things happen and it's not black and white. Mm -hmm. Like, exactly (laughs) what we're saying, you know, like, it's not, it's just not. Oh, yeah. And I do wonder how I would have reacted or how things would have been different if I had been comfortable with myself. Like, would it have been so devastating if I had a different relationship with my family or with myself or things like that, where it wasn't like this was my person, you know? And, and no regrets, you know, everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to. And I'm only here because of how everything has played out. And so I'm not saying like, I'm thankful that that occurred, but it's fine. It's just a part of, it's a stepping stone. Right. And like looking back, I do, you know, we are young and there's always shit that goes on and you got to grow from it and maybe look for the warning signs and believe people if they're telling you, Mm. but like, it's okay. It definitely is okay. And I know if you're, fresh out of a cheating moment you definitely feel like it's something you're going to carry with you for the rest of your life but I can confidently say that you will drop it eventually with a lot of self-love therapy and then finding a good example of a partner I dated someone after him who was the polar opposite who was very kind and gentle and just calming and it really I think healed my soul because I had so much just fear that it was going to happen again and I was always waiting for like the other shoe to drop and I Mm. really had to kind of check that baggage at the door I think I kind of talked about it with Boyd you know I was the kind of the one that was self-sabotaging our relationship and then I really had to kind of come to Jesus and be like all right he has done nothing to you this is someone else who's inflicted pain and you need to stop carrying that pain because it's the only one that it's hurting is you it's not hurting him right he does not care. Yeah. He's not, he's not causing these problems. It's just, you're so hyper aware of them because of things that have happened that you're like on the defense automatically. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, it was like, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. It's, I don't want to say it's PTSD because that's too extreme, but like, just like little mm, things a where little like, bit. yeah, like, you know, when Boyd's a very calm and patient person. And so we were like, you know, when we drive in the car and we have to have like another pit stop or something, I used to dread having to ask my former partner to stop and make like accommodations or change the plan. Like I literally would like seize up and cause I knew something, a reactivity was coming. What level I didn't know. You knew know. he'd be annoyed or angry yeah. you in know? some form. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And whether I was, you were pay- always like anticipating the shock. Yeah. And whether I was going to pay for that, like right then, or later was like the question. And so it was so weird to have like a normal person as a partner who would be like, yeah, we can stop. It's fine. And then like not to be like, are you sure? Are you, you know, asking for like, are you okay? Are you sure? Are you mad? No, Katie, it's, we're going to CVS. We're fucking fine. Okay. Right. Like God. 
Yeah, like, well, it's so weird being with someone safe after experiencing that for so long because you're just not used to it. No. It honestly feels uncomfortable yeah. when someone is patient with you and kind and is safe. It doesn't feel safe because mm-hmm. you don't, you've never been here before. Yeah. And to have someone consistent just was, I was just waiting for Boyd to leave me. That's what I just, you know, the first year I just was waiting for him to just stop texting me, block my number, don't show up anymore, you know, make plans and just never show up because that had been my norm for so long that I just was waiting right. for that behavior to start again. And, you know, another thing I had to work through in therapy. <laughs> right. It's crazy how these fucking boys just make these decisions that then carry over to your life for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sucks. And I know obviously it's like two, it takes two to tango, but still. Oh yeah. No, but when you're in such like a fight or flight state, your worst personality comes out is because you're in that terrified state. You're not like your normal self because you're being treated poorly. So no, you're you, trying to survive literally. And so like, I like look back at some of my actions then and I'm just like, Oh, not the best look, but I'm also like, look at how I was, look at how I was being treated. Look at the corner I was put into. This was not a comfortable situation. So why would I respond comfortably? You weren't, you literally weren't safe. Yeah. Literally. literally <laughs> like at all. Safe. And that's why, you know, <laughs> you respond differently when you're in chaos. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Man. Um, I also don't think that necessarily it's like once a cheater, always a cheater. I think people fuck up Mm -hmm. and I think there's usually reasons for that. Yeah. You know, whether maybe they're not happy or they're looking for something else or they're struggling with something, you know, it's not like I intentionally was trying to hurt you Mm -hmm. always. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think also, you know, when people show remorse and like they, they had to deal with the consequences and they understand, you know, that's again, a that's learning. Different. Yeah. Right. No. If, yeah. If there's behavior mm-hmm. that is, if, if, if partner A is expressing problems about behavior with partner B and partner B takes accountability and stops that behavior, that's showing something to partner A instead of like gaslighting or promise false promises or, you know, kicking the can down the road and saying, sure, tomorrow, next week, whatever. If, 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 if someone's taking accountability and, and showing by action, that, 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 that means everything. Right. Did you watch, um, the season? Yes, you did. You watched the season of Real Housewives of New York. I haven't fit. I haven't like, I'm going to be honest with you. I got a little bored. No. Okay. That's um, okay. but I, I did watch, I watched until they went on that, the trip. Okay. Well, there's this question. Well, I watched the trip. There's, you know, the storyline this year or the season is Jessel who's a cast member and her husband Pavit have not had sex in over a year because she had twin boys. They had twins. And so it gets resurfaced all throughout the season. If you're not up to date and basically some of the women ask their men what you would do if you, we didn't have sex for a year. What do And some of them said I would cheat. Some of them said I would fuck another woman. Maybe they're in jest, but you know, that was like some of their initial responses. What do you say to that? How would you feel like if your partner was not, wanting to have sex with you for over a year. So that happened to me. Oh. Um, in my last relationship, I, he st- like stopped wanting to have sex with me and wow, this is vulnerable. <laughs> um, holy shit. This escalated quickly. We don't have to go here if you don't want to. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and it felt so bad. Mm. 
Like I was really struggling if, you know, we know this. And so he would say things like that. Like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to do it because like you're struggling and it feels weird. And I'm like, it feels weirder that we're not, you know? And then it feels so bad to like be asking for that. And then it's just not happening. And then you get in the habit of like, just not doing it. Yeah. And then it's not even on the table anymore. Like I have a feeling that for Jessel and her husband, that's probably what happened. Like, you know, they had kids and then they just got in the habit of like not doing it because they're busy and whatever. And then it's just like not a part of your routine and it's not comfortable to just get back to that. Yeah. So, so I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't really know what the answer is. And I don't know that, that he is, I wouldn't just assume he's cheating if they're not having sex. Yeah. Pop it, I mean. Yeah, I would hope not. Yeah, I just I think that things happen sometimes and yeah. it's just like not it's just not on the menu anymore. Like I don't know. Yeah. No, I, totally, I don't know how to explain it better. No, I agree with you. And I think I think in this situation they're really making it seem like a problem, but I think like if your relationship I don't know, I think like relationships I think everyone have, else have, is making it seem like a problem. Mm-hmm. Like, not Jessel. She doesn't seem concerned. But it's everyone else who hears that, and they're like, you haven't had sex in a year? Why? You know, and they're the ones that are, like, making it an issue. Whereas, I think if it was an issue for Jessel and Pavit, we'd probably know that. Yeah, right. Because they they are so open about it. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think relationships are so idealized, and I I, I think about the concept of putting the weight of of all of your expectations of a person on one partner friendship support emotional physical financial childbearing like it's a lot to put on one person and i always wonder if there are more relationships than we know about that are lacking physical intimacy but that's just because it's okay with both people and they know that they're great partners and that's just something that maybe like isn't necessary for them in their relationship Right. And like, maybe it will be again someday, but mm-hmm. right now, perhaps it's not the most important. Yeah. I wonder about that. I wonder if that's like more common when people get like older into their fifties and sixties or something like that. You know, I wonder if people become more platonic. Yeah. But I do think that, and I'm not saying this is true for everyone, but I do think there's a point where you are so platonic that it's like, what are we doing? Right. hundred percent. Yeah. No, you still need to feel Why like, are we, what's the point here? I think there's a difference. Like they, they have kids, they have twins, mm-hmm. you know, they're not just dating and whatever. If that fizzles out while you're dating, gotta go. Yeah. Right. Like I, Oh yeah. For like, for me, like I knew I'm like, this is, this is bad. This mm-hmm. is bad news. You know, if it yeah. can't be fizzling out this early, it's just not right. <laughs> I had a similar situation with the relationship before Boyd. I, I think a similar thing. He didn't really want to have sex with me. And I was just like, what? Like, what do you mean? I what know. are you talking about? That's how I felt. I'm like, I'm, I like what He's I'm really glad I that mean. I, I would be like, I'm that mean. <laughs> I'm that mean. That so neg- mean that you don't want to have sex with me? That it negates my booty and my body? Like, seriously? Right. I'm that fucking mean? God damn. That's how I knew. I was like, we, you are not. That's funny. There's always an excuse. You were mean. I was sad. Yeah. Fuck you. You know what? I yeah. could be meaner. Give me a break. Watch me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trust me. I could be worse. You want me to? You want me to go there? <laughs> I could ruin your fucking life if I felt like it. I hate your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh shit <laughs> i fucking hate the guitar <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I had said that, I would have broken him. <laughs> broken him. Oh. He would have had to go home. I used to call my mom, and I would be like, he's playing the same fucking song. Two hours long, same fucking song, over and over and over again. I used to have to go and like leave the apartment, because I would get so mad at the damn guitar. Yeah, you're like, listen, can we get the radio here for a minute? Or just nothing. How about fucking nothing? <laughs> no musical instruments allowed. <laughs> <laughs> for one day, please. One day. that's how i knew we weren't gonna work out i didn't find his guitar endearing anymore i also think that you realized you guys weren't gonna work out quickly after you moved in together yeah oh yeah once quick yeah once i saw his cleanliness i was like this is not it for me and he didn't he wasn't he was just like not motivated to like make money or all he wanted to provide or and i just was like yeah like right now we need some fun and some joy and some energy and some like laughter he just yeah no not meant yeah, for me i had like a very similar situation it's so funny that <laughs> just, we've had- like nice person just not my person mm-hmm. and i also i think if i wasn't so down and bad <laughs> i probably it probably wouldn't have lasted so long but i just didn't even i couldn't you know i was like not getting out of a bed some days yeah. so it was like i wasn't gonna move like, no that makes sense yeah i mean it, it does but it doesn't and then yeah it's no, like a it does domino effect because it wasn't like it wasn't necessarily bad it just wasn't good right 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 yeah quiet it was very quiet <laughs> which if you know me that's not a good sign that doesn't work <laughs> Yeah, I'm a talker. If I'm not talking, we should all be concerned. Yeah. 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 Okay. Let's talk about our hobbies. Okay. Okay. Do you have a hobby currently? Um, I guess Pilates. Okay. What's, are you a hobby person? Like, do you always have a hobby? No. I keep the same hobbies. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're... Like, what are your consistent hobbies, like, over the years? I think, like, baking and cooking is a hobby, because I do that. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. My fish tank, that's a hobby, because it takes a lot of fucking work. Um, I got two snails. They're near Colonel Mustard and Inky. <laughs> wow. So they live in the fish tank? Uh-huh. And aren't snails... Isn't that good? Don't they, like, eat the bacteria or whatever? Mm-hmm. They're so cool. Less work for you. I love them. I watch them every day. They're so cool. Um Anyway, <laughs> I do Pilates. I like to garden, but that's not like a consistent hobby. But I do love to like take care of plants and I have a lot of plants. Um, I played Mahjong in Philly. That was a hobby, but I don't have a group here. And then I kind of do like I'll go through like arts and crafts hobbies. Like I sometimes embroider, or sometimes I sew or knit or cross stitch. So I, I think I kind of keep I stay in a routine, I would say, with my hobbies. All right. Yes. Let's go through the array of hobbies that you had. <laughs> Do you have a list? Well, let me start by saying this. Mine are fucking hectic. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) from different ends of the world. (laughs) I have had so many hobbies. Um, Yeah, let me think back. So we could start with COVID and maybe work from there. During COVID, I did like hundreds of puzzles. Like I think I did. Oh, this is so embarrassing. So during 2020, I did 97 puzzles, but who's counting? (laughs) And then since then, I really haven't done a puzzle in a while, but since then, I total have done like 
close to 300. 280. Um, yeah, crazy. But when I find a hobby, I'm in. I'm locked in, baby. That's what So, yeah, during COVID, I was doing puzzles. Before that, let me think of some other ones. Um, I've done knitting. Tie-dyeing. I did tie-dyeing. Oh, my God, I was just tie-dyeing everything. I ended up starting a, a business from the tie-dyeing because I was doing so much tie-dyeing. Um, I did eyelash extensions for a little while, got that certification. Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> um, that. Running, that was a really big hobby for a really long time. Um, I've sewed, I paint, I've done pottery. Plants. <laughs> I've plants that, yep, that one came and went. Um, yeah. And now it's co- just cold tubbing. That's your hobby. Yeah, I would I would say that cold plunging is like my hobby right now. I would say painting is my outlet and cold mm. plunging is my hobby. That's nice. Both great. Yeah. Yep. That's so, nice that you do uh, like such productive hobbies. Like, you know, it could be so destructive or like addictive, like video games or something like that. But it's so nice that you do like wholesome hobbies. Yeah, I can't. I don't. I don't really, I'm not like a video game girl. I will say the like hobby that had me the most locked in was puzzling because that was just like laser focus. And I was getting so fast at them. (laughs) Um, Like I just couldn't stop. I mean, I could spot a puzzle piece from a mile away. I remember one time (laughs) Vicky was at my house and we had to go somewhere. I don't remember where, but I had a puzzle going on the floor in my room. And I ran back up to my room to get something. And it was taking me a minute. So she comes up to check on me. She's like, what is, what's going on? And I was like pretending to be busy doing something else. And she looks at the puzzle and she goes, it's more of a stun. <laughs> I was like, nope. yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Wait, I love puzzles. Puzzles are very addicting. I love them. They are like, I just get me going on a puzzle mm-hmm. and I'm not going to stop. Yeah. No, my dad's the same way. My dad will ha- have puzzles going for like days he'll, he has like a puzzle table and he'll like whip it out and sit it next to the couch so he can watch tv and do puzzles oh yeah i have one of those too mm. <laughs> and you can like put it away so your puzzle's not distracting everyone do you have like the felt yeah. thing trying where to... you can roll it up or whatever yep of course, of course. yeah Duh. <laughs> um, i'm trying to think of what else oh i was like vegan for a really long time and that was like a big because it, it's not when you're vegan you're not just vegan it's not like you're just vegan like you're fucking in deep Wait, here. I literally forgot about that. Wait, in the salt yeah. stuff, what was the keto salts or something? Oh yeah, I was like keto for a while. Like I go balls to the walls with everything that I set my sights on. Yes. How have you not been abducted by a cult? Because I can't stick around for long <laughs> enough. <laughs> I like start to, I, I get sick of it sick of something and then i'm like man on to the next trick that's true that's true yeah that's like a little bit how i am with my work right now i'm like is it time to find the next trick because it's not fulfilling me anymore yeah is that mindset hard to have that kind of feeling of like what's the next thing or do you sit in comfort in it yeah it's not it it's i don't think it's hard at all i think it's hard for the people around me Mm -hmm. because it's hard to keep up, but for me personally, no, I, I like it. I enjoy that. It's not like I'm always looking for the next thing. I'm never looking for it. It just happens. Mm. I just find something that I enjoy and I'm like, Oh, cool. I could do this. And then I do, but yeah, it's not, it's not stressful. It's not, I do things until I don't enjoy them anymore. And then I'm like, Oh, that ran its course. I literally pushed every corner of that Avenue. (laughs) 
What's next? Maybe the reason that's why it's not stressful for you because you're not actively looking. That's really interesting. That's like, I think yeah. that's the, that's the, that's the key right there. Right. And I think that flows over to other things in my life, like relationships and things like that. Like I'm never like looking for friends or like looking for a partner or anything like that. I feel like everyone that's in my life has just fallen in mm. and, and it's not, it's nice. Like I don't, I don't ever stress over things like that. I don't really stress. <laughs> I just kind of let it ride <laughs> because things all, you know, and it's always like once I kick something, the next thing just falls right in and it's always been better for me. Mm. So that's why I think I'm pretty comfortable with just going with it. Yeah. So you're basically like an example of law of attraction. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I I wasn't always like this though. (laughs) It took me some time to like realize that, but it it was, my life always flowed this way, but I didn't necessarily flow with it. Mm -hmm. Like I would be fighting to hold on to something or someone. And now that I've kind of have all these examples of like, I've seen how, how it works. Now I'm just, I've let go in the last like couple of years. I'm mm. just like, whatever. <laughs> so cool. So, um, evolved, you know, I feel like so many people will strive to get to here to get to where you're at. Um, but it's really hard as you know, it's very hard to yeah. sub- submit to the universe and just do your best to pivot and roll like, with it. Definitely. And I think that the only reason I'm like this is because I was for so long, like when I was really struggling with depression and stuff, I had to be so in the moment of like, I couldn't think about anything else except for right here, right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that is kind of like what propelled me into being this version of myself. And I don't know if that makes sense, but I always was like, I used to be very stressed like about everything. And I would let little day-to-day things get to me and I was always holding on for like dear life is how it felt and then once I didn't have control over like anything and I had to be so here and now then it was kind of just like well this is just how it's going and we need to just let go and whatever happens happens and I do kind of feel like this is going to sound so cliche and so maybe stupid, but I do feel like an old version of myself like died when I was struggling with like my depression and all that, because Mm -hmm. like, I don't even know her. I, I was reading my, I told you this, but I was reading the other night I was reading my journal entries because I've always journaled and I always keep track of my feelings. And a lot of times the only way I can work out how I'm actually feeling is if I write because then things come out Mm -hmm. and I'm like, Oh, that's, what this is about. So I was reading my journal the other night from like a year ago at this time and two years ago at this time. And it's like three different people. And those last two girls were really sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, two years ago, it's like hard, hard to read those. And then last year I was kind of this version of me, but sad, Mm -hmm. really, really sad. Um, so it's just crazy to look back and like be able to see that change and just, and mindset and whatnot. That's amazing that you're able to do that, that you've done that for yourself so that you can, you know, journal and keep consistent at it so that you can look back on it. Yeah, it's nice. It's really nice to be able to do that because it's like you can actually see how far you've come if you've if you've written down where you were. Mm-hmm. Where if I just think about it, I can just say like, oh, yeah, I was like 
dying at this time. I was dying inside at this time last year, but like, I don't, I can't really even conceptualize what that means until I read what I, what I was actually feeling. And I was like, Oh yeah. Wow. Mm. Yeah. I don't write. I don't journal. It doesn't, I don't know. It's never done it for me. I used to try to have a diary when I was a kid and it just doesn't do it. But for me, it's like really like just like having conversations with myself inside my head is how I process things. And in the shower, I just, I oftentimes like kind of try to drown out my inner voice because it's just, there's a lot of them in there. And so I listen to podcasts so that I have something to focus on. But when I'm going through it, like this week, I've had a lot of quiet showers where I just sit and think about things and process things and I have so many audio notes of me giving myself reminders in the shower because things are coming into my brain and I'm like you cannot forget this this is very important and it's just like my download time yeah that's awesome I just like for me I if I'm just alone with my thoughts it's fine but I can get lost there like I don't feel like I ever work truly work anything out Mm. when I'm just thinking like I need to either talk or write or I do a lot of voice memos too, because I'm like, if I can say it out loud, then usually some other things will come out and I'm like, oh. Do you talk to yourself throughout the day? Um, not really. I talk to myself only if I'm recording a voice memo. If I'm like okay. making myself a little frustrated, I'm like, oh my God, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> so I will intentionally do that, but not all, not not generally. Yeah. I talk to myself a lot. Like Boyd, when Boyd started working from home, he had to like get used. He'd always be like, what, what? And I'm like, just, I'm, it's not to you. All right. It's just me talking with one of the seven voices that are in there who are like yelling. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I guess I do give myself a little direction like all day. Like if I'm not answering a text or something, I'll be like, Virginia, focus. I do that. <laughs> like, things like, I'll be like, Virginia, come on. We got to focus. Verge, get it together. Things like that. But I'm not like, I'm not having conversations yeah I have full conversations like if I know Zoom calls yeah. coming up and I need to present like I'll talk through it and I'll like recite what I'm gonna say so that I have an idea and I'll like you know I'll sound it out and make sure it feels good and it sounds professional you know I like prep for like everything right like that <laughs> yeah I never do that maybe I would be a little better if I did <laughs> no I think it's just different brain styles like I think mm-hmm. I don't know if I talked about this but Boyd and I had this major realization um when we first moved to the house because he was audibly telling me his stress all the time. And I was like, I can't absorb any more stress. Like I don't, the way that I process it is I think about it quietly inside my head and I work through it. He processes stress outwardly and needs to like talk through it with somebody. And so you just process it when, by writing. Then you're like taking it on his stress. Yeah. And I felt like it was like an assignment. That's like what I told, you know, like one of those like therapy things, like what about whatever is being said is what is it triggering in you? And for me, it felt like it was like a burden or an assignment or like mental load that he was like trying to give to me. And I was like, I'm already full. I can't take on anymore. Yeah. I remember when you first moved to the house, you were struggling with that. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm already maxed out and I'm as uncomfortable as you are. And I'm feeling, and I'm seeing and feeling and experiencing everything that you are. We don't need to continue talking about it or hearing about it. Like I know, But that's just how he processes it. So it's like once you kind of realize that, then it's like, okay, it's not an assignment. It's just he just needs to speak it out loud and I need to just step away, basically detach. When I encouraged him, I was just like, can you just like try to rely on your friends a little bit more right now? Because like I've heard this. I know this. I'm going through. It was like when our stuff got smashed and our house was a mess and all we like, you know, renovation was intense. And I was like, I am in the thick of it, too. So I need you to go to your other people and like emotionally rely on them a little bit right now because I am maxed. Right. 
no more capacity. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like amazing to have a partner that we can actually like figure those things out, you know? And I asked my dad because I feel like my dad and my mom are this, they're different in the way that they process things. And I think that is a cause of them fighting. Right. Because they, they don't communicate on like what the other person needs. Yeah. Or having like one of these moments of like, Hey, when you're doing this, it makes me feel like this, even if it's not intentional and Mm -hmm. they don't have like, you know, they've been together for almost 40 years and they haven't had that conversation and Boyd and I are four years in having that conversation. So it says something. Yeah. That's wild. That like, for me, if I can't have a conversation like that, it like builds resentment. Oh yeah. I start to get so frustrated. Like what are we doing? Yeah. No, it doesn't feel like you're being your whole self. Like why am I compromising myself for someone else? Yeah. On a, on a regular basis. If it's like a situational thing, of course, but you know what I mean? Like if you start to like, push down your own feelings and emotions for someone else that's not good right for their comfort yeah right to like i i saw this thing the other day and it was like um maybe it was like a meme or something and the guy was like yeah my therapist asked me you know why am i like keeping this in and i said to keep the peace and the therapist was like to keep whose peace Mm -hmm. like literally it's not for your peace it's for their peace and then that's how Again, with the resentment and things like that. Yeah, no, I, yep. I, I've seen a lot of resentment in long-term partnerships, and it's something that I really am considerate of, and I really try to process through or speak on if I have it with with someone in my life, because yeah. I don't want to. I, hold I on used to that. not be able to. I I've been there. I mean, I've felt that resentment and just been like so fucking frustrated and like hateful mm-hmm. like I in my head like I it just builds and builds and builds and then yeah, again like with maturity you know you learn to talk about these things and with the right person it's comfortable I mean it's not comfortable but you feel comfortable being uncomfortable yeah I actually just had a situation where I expressed some resentment I had with someone who I considered a friend and they basically responded and said that they don't think we're friends and that um, they don't really care and that they felt like I was part of the problem. And I responded with love. I said, this is not how I want us to be. I love you. I don't want to fight. I just needed to speak my piece because I didn't want to hold resentment. And, um, I really, I could have slipped back and kind of went back into the mindset of like, oh, I shouldn't have done that to keep the peace. But I also was like, you know what? This was for your heart. That was a blessing. That was for your heart. And your heart needed to say that because it had been bothering me. And when they popped up on my phone, I, you know, I had a couple of text exchanges, but then I, you know, I, I asked them and I gave them my feelings and they took it and I had to be okay with however they responded and they responded negatively and it was hard, but I, I had to be okay. Right. But you know, when, if people aren't comfortable with you setting boundaries and showing your feelings and they're not meant for you. Yep. Yep. And I hope they're just going through something and I hope we can be okay in the future. No resentment or anything towards them. But, you know, I just, it kind of put me on my ass. I was like, God damn, told me. <laughs> okay. Shit. <laughs> Got it. <Yep. laughs> just wanted to send a thumbs up emoji, but held that in. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. <laughs> there's always like that there's always like a toxic answer you could give you Um, know 
I and I I was. But it doesn't ever solve. No, anything. it doesn't solve like, anything. It just doesn't. Yeah, and it doesn't feel good. Right. It just doesn't. Yes. Maybe in the moment. In the moment, it feels good. And then afterwards, you're like, why the fuck did I do that? Again, that's like a short term, like dopamine. Right. Hit. And it's also like, then they can go back and be like, look how petty you were. And it's like, I don't, yeah. I, mature Katie doesn't want to be that girl. I don't want to be able to have someone else saying you were mean too. You know, I want to, they go low, I go right. high. You know, like that's what yeah. I always try to tell myself. So, yeah. I'm also some- just like, I'm not mean. So when I like have a response where I could be mean, I'm like, I would never, I just wouldn't like, I just, I'm not, I don't ever want to make someone feel like shit. Literally never. Yeah. And it's like, I have been thinking about this lately too. You know, there's people that like go out of their way to be mean. Yeah. Like I was reading earlier about people like, this is a little woo hooey, but people like practice dark magic and like cast spells on people who have like done them wrong. Like you're really putting that much fucking energy into it. Just move on. And like, why are you focusing on that? What is, what is going on here? I am of the belief that what you put out into the universe is what you get back. So if you're putting 100%, even if that's negative thoughts, you know, have your bad day, give yourself a time limit. But if you're actively hating someone from afar and wishing them ill, you need to have an introspective moment and figure out what's going on inside of you that you're spending so much energy on them. Because guess what? They're not thinking about you. No, it's a reflection of you. Yes. Not of them. Yes. And it's only going to come back and hurt you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's wild. I, I, was, I was reading about that, and I'm like, I cannot believe that people do that. Like, people need a fucking hobby. Pick up one of Right, jeans. like, <laughs> get, honestly, get, get a fucking hobby. Start writing, maybe. Write it out. You know what I do when I'm, like, upset with someone? I write them a letter, and I don't ever send it. <laughs> that's the best That's Because it doesn't do. matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. They don't care right? It's about how I feel. Right. So it's like, you could tell someone how you feel. It's not going to fucking change literally anything. Nope. So just put so down for that. me, like, yeah, I do this often. I have a whole box of letters that I've written to people for myself. Mm-hmm. Cursing them, wishing them ill. And then I move on. Yeah. And then you drop the baggage there and you say, only thing that's weighing down is me. Yeah. Like there's no... Why are you wishing people ill? Like, why are we ever doing that? Fucking losers. There again, losers. It's weird. God. Yeah. All right. On that note. <laughs> Bye, losers. Um, we wish you well. Just we kidding. wish you well. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Wait. So, mm. quick update. So, oh. this episode and our next episode are going to be a little bit shorter because Kate has this event coming up. Mm -hmm. So we need to get her through the event Mm -hmm. mentally stable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And in two weeks, we're going to be not releasing an episode. So you're going to get this week, next week, and then there will be a week off. And when we come back, we will be returning with video. Yeah. And bigger and better. Yeah. So get ready. Yeah. (laughs) To see our faces. Mm -hmm. Yikes. (laughs) Oh no. I'm excited. I'm nervous. (laughs) We make good facial expressions, so I think it'll be fun. I hope so. All right. I love you. I love you. Ciao for now. Ciao. That's another episode of Gabby Girls. Thank you for listening. Make sure to comment, rate, review, and subscribe. Let us know what you think of us and the topics we talk about. We're not for everyone, and that's okay. Bye, Jen. Love ya. Bye, Kate. Love you more.